Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Blood and Mud podcast. I was wondering how long you were going to pull that off. There. I could have done a full oh. breath there, and it would have been uncomfortably long. <laughs> when you, know you said I mean? before this, we're going to try and keep this to two hours. I thought you meant <laughs> the interesting words. <laughs> so, yes, welcome to the Blood and Mud podcast, the podcast that makes all Mondays blue and has done since 2015 and doesn't yep. see what difference, what's so different about this one that I keep seeing hashtag Blue Monday. It's just, just all the uh, France chat. Just all the late yeah, blur Mondays, chat, isn't it? That's yes. all Mondays are today. Late blur Monday. Yeah, Roman and Mac Mondays. Late blur no Monday. <laughs> <laughs> More about that later, perhaps. Maybe. So hello, everybody. I am Lee, and over there, top right, if you're watching on the video stream, if you're a lovely patron, you can see. Hi, I'm Josh. And joining yeah. us as a special guest visitor is Robbie. You may know him as Squidge. We know him as Robbie. He can be called whatever he wants on here. Hello, Robbie. Hi, you're hi. The greatest videographer in rugby is here. Oh, he's... Um, I then couldn't think of anyone else off the top of my head. Because <laughs> there aren't any. You're the best one because you're the only one. So really just take myself it. up there. Is yeah. um, the guy who does ITV Six Nations coverage, Mick? <laughs> <laughs> the bloke who edited together the VHS of the 1991 Rugby World Cup. Yeah, the guy who did 101 plus 24 Great Welsh tries that I watched so many times as yeah. a kid. Whoever did Pitbull's punch-ups, <laughs> clearly. I think that's just Brian Moore himself. No, he just did it himself. I mean, to be fair, some of the clips were from a 1990s editing suite, so maybe he wasn't <laughs> expected to do it all, literally. Just knocked it out. Took him 10 minutes. Yeah, he's a, you know, he's a fucking Renaissance man, is Brian Moore. Don't try to tell me you couldn't do some 1990s entirely analogue video editing if you needed oh, to. Absolutely. I, I mean, I thought you had some energy for Twitter arguing, Josh, but Brian Moore, I think, <laughs> beats everyone. Because he literally... And he, he, what he, I love he doesn't even actually re- reply. He just quote tweets everybody. 
<laughs> with his like his with his kickoff about what they just said. Yeah, which is kind of bad. It's considered bad etiquette these days, isn't it? To just sort of encourage a pylon. But I think he sort of thinks, <laughs> fuck it, you come at me, I'm going to fucking unleash the hounds of hell on you. Are you going to tell Brian that. Moore that? Yeah. <laughs> are you, you going to tell Brian. him it's bad etiquette? Yeah, and then he's going to quote tweet me and all of his fucking followers are going to go in on me, which is, you know. I'm going to tell him there was too much prog in his Desert Island discs. I'll tell him that. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Dingy. He also has that similar tactic with that, with the, with the just quote tweeting things he doesn't agree with to argue back with them. Is um, yeah, Ron Seal, shredded wheat man, Andrew Neil. He's got you know, oh, oh yeah, yeah. yellow pad haired man, Andrew Neil. He does that as well. Mm. I, mean, I mean, maybe it's just that it. that sort of generation of people. They're just like, I'm absolutely not going to, uh, I'm not going to broke any argument. I'm just going to quote tweet you until you shut up. <laughs> He's just hoping someone will actually see something he's saying after his experience with GB News. <laughs> it's like technically these are viewers, right? Peter Jackson doesn't use that tactic, does he? Peter Jackson just tweets once mm. a week about how totally shit everything about Welsh rugby is. That seems to be his entire shtick now, doesn't it? Yes, Cardiff may have beaten Stad to Luzan 54 0. However, can I just say. That... The great thing about Peter Jackson's tweets is they always offer a really like comprehensive history within the 280 characters like he will somehow cover the entire history of that issue being shit for world rugby <laughs> in one tweet yes, that's very true yeah yeah he really manages like he's got he can tell he's an old newsman at heart because they'd <laughs> yes. be like look right jacko you've got to go you've got you know half a column you've got 280 words and i need a full match report fucking <laughs> Over the phone at full time, get it on there. And it's in many ways, Twitter is the ideal fucking vehicle for those sort of tired old hacks, really. <laughs> because you can unfollow yeah. them <laughs> between <laughs> eight. <laughs> yes, he does. Well, read them. Yeah. It's free and they're on call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was all over slammed old Jacko, wasn't he? Oh, he was. He was yeah. the worst fucking bit about it, wasn't he? Jeez. He had a gant shirt on. I thought that's quite high end, Jacko, for a man who's quite clearly not employed anymore. So, like, it's a documentary where they interview Shane Williams, and Peter Jackson's the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, though, it does sort of make you realise how sort of precipitously Shane Star has <laughs> in terms of being a genuine legend, like because it, you know. It was only to like 2012 that he was brilliant. Still, 2011, yeah. rather, you know, like he was still really good at one point. And he was, you know, I went to Shane Williams's testimonial game. I loved him so much, mm. and now I just every time I see him, I just think, oh fuck off, mate. Yeah. I went to I Peter Beardsley's testimonial game, mouth. and he became a racist. <laughs> so oh, I hope that doesn't no. happen to Shane. Do you know what I mean? Be careful yeah, no. with your, least, your, your trials all, with your heroes. At least all Shane's done is become the world's most boring rugby pundit. Everyone needs so. to stay away from Billy Twaltree's testimonial game in a month's time. <laughs> Do you think that's where they're going to sell all them soft toys? Oh, yeah. What were they called again? Can't, I can't you remember can't what get them. Like bleacher creatures. Bleacher yes, creatures. Yeah. I was trying to there, get yeah. one of Chris Robshaw for my brother for Christmas. Because, of course you were. Um, because he's a San Diego Legion fan, is his chosen MLR team, and obviously Chris Robshaw now plays for them. So 
I, in the end, did manage to get a Mac over Napola, which I gave him for Christmas, and he hated it. Uh, <laughs> I, I love the range they chose was Chris Robshaw, who was the captain at the time, that makes sense, that's fine. Yeah, George yeah, yeah. Ford, who was the second most famous fly half at the time. Um, yeah. Mako Vinopola, who was the second choice loose head, which yeah. is always the position every kid wants a stuffed toy of. Yeah, is yeah, he yeah. the so only ethnic minority head. lad in the squad at the time? That's oh, what maybe. makes me think they had to pick him because they had to do that. And yeah, right, right, we should just do that. I, you can't just was, have fun. But then also, where the hell's Billy Twelve Trees coming out say, of them? But it was, yeah, it was either him or Lufa Burrell. And I think even fewer kids <laughs> yeah. have gone of Lufa Burrell. Um, yeah, and then Billy Twelve Trees, which, I mean, I can get where you'd look at Billy Twelve Trees and want a doll of him more than a lot of the other players. Because he looks a bit like a cabbage I mean, patch kid. At, at the time, yeah, at, at the time, like, he was sort of... You know, it was a long time ago. He was probably mm. only about 26, 27. He had something of the sort of heartthrob vibe about him, you know, with his tight ringlets and his big muscles. Like, maybe they thought, <laughs> oh, we'll go for the obviously, the overtly sexy one. Yes, and that, I think that every time I see him it's like we've got well. We've got captain, Not we've just got sexy, fly off, we've got sexy. ethnic minority, and we've got overtly sexy. That's ticked all the boxes, done. <laughs> Maybe that's why he had to make his doll like that, because he was almost too sexy. Exactly. Say, like, you know, like 1987 George Michael, it was almost too much. Yeah, in the same way they, they wouldn't film Elvis below his hip, below his waist. Like, you know, it was just it was too upsetting and too... They could only know, show 12 trees in yeah. cuddly toy form. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, Otherwise the teenagers of southwest England sexy. just couldn't control themselves. No, I don't blame I'm... them, frankly. I'm going to say this is the first time that Billy Twelfties has ever been compared to Elvis and George Michael. <laughs> yeah, and that's the travesty of modern rugby coverage, yeah. Robbie. Let me tell you, he very much was the George Michael of inside centres. Yeah. Yes. Wow, they've got they've got a Rob. I'm looking at Bleacher Creatures now, obviously, mm. and they've got a uh, Robin, as in the Batman and Robin version and genuinely mm. you've never seen a doll and it's not not supposed to be this i might add but you've never seen a doll that looks more like the nicholas lindhurst's only fools and horses <laughs> robin than... to the point he's two foot taller than batman is it that <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll put it up now here we go oh, josh is a dab hand at this you know on the live stream oh. robbie I tell him, very I'm impressive. Uploading in progress. Uh, <laughs> Every week. Not being funny. I didn't play. Listening back Look to at him. The next... <laughs> have you ever, <laughs> have you ever seen exactly. a Robin that looks more like Nicholas Lindon? <laughs> 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 does. does. <laughs> I mean, this is brilliant for people not watching the live show. Yeah, the Billy take our words also look like Nicholas <laughs> Yeah, that's true. They all sort of look like Nicholas. To be fair, the Billy Twelfties also look like Nicholas Lindhurst. Yeah, they all sort so of look like I think they like can Nicholas only Lindhurst. do Nicholas Lindhurst. <laughs> All of oh those bleacher creatures look like a crowd scene Muppet. You know all the Muppets in the crowd scene on the Muppet Yeah, the walk around, kind of walk around Muppets. Yeah, just yeah. in different colours. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, there yeah. are some fucked up bloody bleacher creatures. Fabio Capello, Ooh. former England football manager, looked like a crowd scene mm. Muppet. Honestly, <laughs> look at yeah, the picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, there's a Pope That's... bleacher creature. No. <laughs> Which one? Been... It's not, they it's really very vague. Went for the it's real vague. Culture, didn't they? 
Yeah, <laughs> got, got twelve trees and the Pope. Pope John Paul the First, the one who last, only lasted thirty days before he died, wherever it was. <laughs> it's it's genuinely it's very hard to tell which of these bleach creatures, which of the popes he's supposed to be. They they've clearly just gone. We'll make him a white man with grey hair, and chances are this will have we'll be able to use this one for fucking years, lads. This one, <laughs> order twenty thousand of them because there's no fucking way. There's going to but, be an uh, African Pope at some point, I'm telling you. Be <laughs> I mean, indeed, but that, they're not thinking that far ahead, man. They just want to shift. <laughs> they def- well, they've obviously not going to... They just want to shift 20,000 generic Pope bleacher creatures. That looks like a shaved bagpuss, <laughs> Pope Francis. Do you think they did the same selection process on picking four Popes, where they went for they need the fly-half Pope, they need the sexy Pope, <laughs> they need the heavenly <laughs> minority the sexy Pope? pope? Oh, it's Ratzinger, actually. Oh, it? I know yeah. which one I think Very is the sexy Ratzinger, yeah. There's a golem one there. Right, stop it now. Come on. Sorry. Stop it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're stopping that now. Um, now then, hello, everybody. Um, join us. We've already said Robbie's here. Robbie, um, as you two once sang, it's been a little while. So what have you been yeah. up to? Oh, um, I mean, I've made some videos. Um, I've sat in a heap doing that. Um <laughs> I've I've cried a bit afterwards. Um, <laughs> I bought the domain name IsraelForLau.com. Uh, that was a highlight. <laughs> I did see that. That was um, a real highlight of my week. <laughs> it now redirects the Squid Rugby. Uh, Which I must say, that's, remar- that's remarkable restraint on your part. Oh, yeah. Because I would definitely have redirected that to some good, some real hot gay porn. That's that's my plan by the World Cup. You know, if you play <laughs> okay, guitar good, in the yeah, World yeah. Cup, I want, I want to be doing that or I want to be uh, just... <laughs> Attributing quotes to uh, israelforlau.com that I can then oh. hopefully be brought up in commentary or something or put on I like it, page, yeah. Of course, you, know. you could make an Israel for Lau facts page and put it yes. and just put loads of really inaccurate information in there. <laughs> just, this is just all on israelforlau.com, you know, it's yeah, just yeah. where I got the information. The official... I mean, it's his website, it says israelforlau.com, it's got to be his official website, right? <laughs> Can't be anything else, there's no explanation for this. No, obviously not. So, your latest video is a, is a team of 2021. Yes. Which you're slowly working your way through, that people can have a look at, should they wish to find that. Yes, I got, got through all of those, put those all together. Uh, I also did a 63 best rugby moments um, and of the year. Uh, which I, I enjoyed you know, that a great deal. Managed to find all of them. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Simi Pam only came in at 50th, uh, which is something I, I had sleepless nights you, about. You, you, you nearly got disinvited because of that, to be yeah, honest. Part, I, but, yeah. I got that one wrong. I mean, yeah, you couldn't just put Simi Pam at number one for reasons of mm. Simi Pamness. As much as I would have backed it, I think people probably would have expected more explanation on your part. <laughs> uh, Simi Pam's still been in the gym with a leg in a massive strap. <laughs> type contraption she's, thing is she's remarkable. She's making me feel really, yeah. Like... You know that gym I joined that wasn't opening? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's open today. Oh, wow. So I can't. Well, I can avoid it, but I can't use the same excuse to avoid it as I have been using. I have to think of something else, like a splintered fetlock or something. But I'm it's very cold today. It's very cold. Oh, and I've booked to go to Tenerife in two weeks, so I think I might have to say I've got to stay in because I'm not getting COVID before I go to Tenerife with all that sweating and that. Oh, that's so, really good. That's, that's real good. That's, that's good. That's good. So I've got to put it off from there. So, yes, yeah, so I've not been to gym. I did have band practice on Saturday for the first time in about eight mm. months. Oh, nice. I was actually not as terrible as I thought it would be. My fingers still nice. worked sort of, so that was quite yeah. nice. What about you, Josh? How was your weekend? 
Uh, yeah, not too bad. Just the usual blend of DIY and cleaning and watching. I watched a lot of rugby this weekend, actually. Mm. Like, an excessive amount. It's a problem. It's both the good thing and the bad thing when they've got those big European weekends because at about 12 o'clock you can sit down and watch rugby and if you're not careful, you will still be watching it at 10 o'clock. <laughs> not the... Um... But not the Challenge Cup, obviously, because you need oh, no, some well, kind of <laughs> cryptographer's type uh, approach to need like James Bond. I don't have any eldritch powers with which to summon forth. Uh, <laughs> however, the Challenge Cup is being broadcast. Honestly, just give it to somebody for free. Mm. Like surely yeah. Channel Four would stick that on, or like BBC'd yeah. stick it on Red Button. Yeah, BBC I mean... will be sticking nothing on soon. As we've all found out <laughs> this week. Yeah, um, they, can't, they can't even afford free. No. Is so, it wrong that I'm not that asked about that? Should I be more bothered about the fact that the BBC isn't going to be I mean, compulsorily I mean, funded anymore? I think you asked me I, 10 years ago I've been bothered, but I'm not now. Or I, think, I, do think, I do think the BBC, like a lot of the other public services that the Tories have run hmm. down since they've been in power... It's like it's nowhere near as useful as it used to be. I mean, I think that the interesting thing you say there is that 10 years ago, this would have been a very different thing, but we got so used to this Conservative Party slowly dismantling the entire state, uh, which, look, we're only 50 minutes of the podcast. I don't know why I've started on this. And that wouldn't be a sentence you'd hear in any other rugby podcast, and they'd let me get to the end of the sentence. So I appreciate that, if nothing else. <laughs> but it's um, I, I don't think it's that though for me for me it's just mm. I think 10 years ago I wasn't paying for all this other streaming stuff most of the stuff That's I true. watch is yeah. an American drama and they don't have well they have plus all the good stuff I watch in America is PBS but of course they're forever going around with a t- yeah. shaking a tin of the entire down. population yeah. aren't they so <laughs> there was handling the entire population so they can make another 37 hour documentary about something <laughs> miserable yeah the time a baseball team got very sad. <laughs> An 18-part drama by Ken Burns. An 18-part documentary, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so there yes. you go. That's what we've been up to. What about you this weekend, Robbie? Well, for those of you who can't see, mm. Robbie mm. That literally looks like he's in... Like when people are interviewed on the telly and there's like loads of sponsors behind them on boards. <laughs> Imagine that, but it's a load of post-its and sort of random rugby words in... in um, Sharpie marker is what yes. you're surrounded by. Yeah, so are we I'm... getting a window into your like either brilliant creative process or it's my is amazing anything comes together looking at that? Type this thing? is you say creative process. Um, I'm actually very very close to cracking the case that I've been working on this entire time. Uh, I've been using Squid Rugby to pay the bills whilst I try and unravel um, the biggest mystery. Yeah. Uh, who killed Tom Haberfield's career? Um, yeah. And if you put all of this, if you start adding yeah. up all of the lines that you can see on here, and if I use this string that I found in the yeah. drawer to connect yeah. it, uh, you'll come to the answer. Um, it's Alan Clark. Um, yeah. It's, it's Alan I mean, Clark just not renewing his contract, um, yeah. which I mean, should have been simpler. It shouldn't have taken me all of this. <laughs> no, it, it was a, it was a lot of background and a mm. lot of and a lot of establishing, you know things that were pretty widely established but as long as you've got there in the end Look, i mean i'm i'm really desperate for pbs to pick me up for my 16 part <laughs> tom haberford documentary um, it goes imagine really imagine giving it the ken burns effect of zooming in on a still of tom haberfield and <laughs> moving slowly across but a sli- it but a slightly old like an emotional piano one. music plays 
<laughs> like, like a slightly low res photo of Tom Haberfield that yeah. it just gets more and more crunchy the more they zoom into it. I want a really like bleached out photo of him working as a teaching assistant just outside Cardiff now. <laughs> I want some, a photo of him some not famous diarist the... of the time will be with a voice of an actor doing a, a famous diarist. <laughs> we all hope great things for young Tom Haberfield. <laughs> And we hope to look forward to the future where he's leading the team. <laughs> so, yeah, Tom Haberfield died. <laughs> <laughs> His career died. Tom Haberfield somehow didn't even get a call when all of Cardiff's squad was in the fucking... I mean, he was in the training squad. They he was, I think, he was in the training train. squad, but he, and... did, he, didn't, he wasn't even deemed good enough I to was be unspeakably the, the reserve scum half. At the thought of Tom Haberfield having this Haber renaissance, but it yeah. never happened. <laughs> it good. never came. Very good. It never came. Speaking of things you've been up to, though, you're doing mm. your World Cup podcast that you do with yes. your brother, which we've we've been on on occasion. Yes. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You've now moved on to 1987. Yeah. Um, and are you enjoying just how unwatchable the game of rugby was in 1987? <laughs> 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 there is. <laughs> Because like we had a gap during we stopped a bit during the autumn and then um, then I was moving and then I was ill and sort of we had like a month off without watching it and when I came back to it I'd forgotten just how shite the quality of rugby in general was <laughs> that it's and I mean like we just did um, Japan's first game and mm. their game plan at the time was just offload it until you knock it on and that was usually two passes because nobody could catch. And this other thing of, like, you constantly hear people... That sounds like the Jaguares of three years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was no half-time show quite as entertaining, though. There was a general lack oh, of Jaguares. Well, could be, frankly. <laughs> um, but there's... Yeah, I mean, it's extraordinary that people talk about the good old days of rugby union, and they yeah. never happened. They never when nobody existed. had any skill. All these people no. talk about skill levels from the 70s and 80s, I am telling you. <laughs> they couldn't the, catch. The highlight clips look good. The rest of it, forget about it. Like The percentage of ball kicked is so much higher because usually you just get out to the wing. The winger then doesn't want to be tackled, doesn't want to end up in a ruck, <laughs> so just kicks it randomly. No one aims their kicks or thinks about where they're kicking. It's completely aimless everything and as you say the skill level is so much lower i mean it's it's in some ways it's great fun in others mm. it's awful um it's like going to watch real lower league like it's mm. like it reminds me of watching like neath in about 2009 mm. where neath were, were quite good by welsh premiership standards then but and some of it was quite fun because there was a lot of just random ramshackle hilarious but the the actual plan was so non-existent yeah. that you might as well have just thrown 30 men on a field and said all right lads all of you slept with all of each other's girlfriends have at <laughs> i think that was how the welsh crown worked for a very long time and that's why they want to go back to it yeah yeah <laughs> it's really no wonder, no wonder wingers don't get involved in rooks because <laughs> what the, what was that all about, by the way, in 1987? <laughs> oh, and, the yeah. whole, and like, no one can take a high ball 
it's you've got a genuine surprise every time a fullback makes a simple catch under no pressure. <laughs> That's the way the commentators go, Ooh, what a catch that is! Absolutely incredible <laughs> skill like there. Absolute regulation shit now. It's like how people talk about Liam Williams, you know, it's just <laughs> marvelling at any high ball being taken. <laughs> yes. But no, yeah. if you want to listen to that, and Harley mm. Worthy says, I both cringe and laugh every time I watch these games before listening to Robbie at Worthy. <laughs> it, it is the thing. It's, it, it's a reminder of how bad our sport was yeah. in living memory. And somehow that sport went professional and became broadly quite successful. <laughs> I mean, it's we loved remarkable. it at the time, and I still love it now. But oh, it yeah. is demonstrably quite bad <laughs> on like a skill level, coach level, everything level. And the idea that it's these people who watch games like that now and go, look at the attacking flair here. It's like, yeah, because they'd all be dead within one and a half <laughs> passes now if they tried yeah. to do that. They would literally be turned to powder yeah. before the, the ball even got, got to the outside good, half, basically. The fly-offs have got a good four seconds to think about what to do before <laughs> the defenders are anywhere near him. So like, imagine giving George Ford that much time today. It's always been my kind of hot take that like the current Italy team, like the Italy team that lost by a record margin oh, last year, I've heard this before, Go would on. put like 60, 70 points on the 2003 England team. Because <laughs> things have just come that, like if you just drop them into a game immediately now, without any time to adapt, because things have come that far. Um, and if you go back to 1987, you're looking at like like Welsh Premier teams now will be beating that New Zealand team that won the World Cup by big margins, because just the things it's... moved on so far. <laughs> So it's, much it's, of it looks like that Monty Python 100 metres for people with no sense of direction yes. clip, doesn't it? When the gun yeah. goes off, they all run in different directions and just somebody kicks a ball. And it's like, <laughs> look at this, the golden age. The golden age of rugby union football, everybody. <laughs> your turn to this. The thing, though, is that like, I don't necessarily subscribe to the thing that, you know, rugby is on, you know, the relentless march of progress things. Mm. Now are things that are necessarily completely always better than they are. But, like... Basic fucking competency shouldn't have been too much to ask. Like, well, isn't too much to expect in a professional environment, and that's not what we used to get until about two thousand and three, ish. Which brings us back to slammed. Mm, we can't. <laughs> yeah, there was that. basic competency, but not in appointing coaches or making decisions about appointing coaches in Wales. But you know, watch it if you want some fun. <clears throat> Uh, now then, um, yes. That's hello everybody. Um, <laughs> if you want to go in touch with us, I'm at Blood and Mud or Lee at bloodandmud.com. And what about you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner or indeed uh, at Rocks underscore Mag. And Robbie and, uh, at Squidgy Goat or Squid Rugby, depending on whether you want to read stuff about rugby or not, uh, or Israfalau.com. If you're watching <laughs> yeah. the videos. <laughs> We're on the uh, Sports Social uh, Network and Apple and anywhere else you want to find your podcast. I think most people worked it out now. But the most important thing is that we're on patreon.com Blood and Mud, where you can come along and pay a bit of extra um, and get some extra stuff. £2 a month, £20 for the year, and get a bit of extra stuff. Or £5 a month and get a um, nice little bio done of you. And I'd like to yeah. thank Mike Thompson, who's been in touch this week. And, well, not just been in touch, he's handed over his some VIP-level monies. So good for him. Lovely well done, stuff. Mike. Thank you very much. So he gets a VIP. So Mike Thompson, prop forward for Dusseldorf Vampire RFC. Um, he spells Thompson without a P. Oh. Thompson, you know what I mean? So he's, yeah. he's this was latched on by his teammates who called him a rop forward. <laughs> 
It should have been, yeah. That would have been better, Robbie. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and other such hilarious words where they drop peas. Thing is, because yeah. he now lives in Germany, half the squad are expats who laugh. The other half of Germany just looks stern faced and a bit pissed off about the whole thing when, when the banter gets going. So, yeah, that's Mike Thompson. I think I'm more on the side of the Germans, if I'm honest. I know, terrible, isn't it? Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> the things that people find funny, honest to God. This podcast, for example. Um, so there you go. Thank you very much. If you want to get involved in any of that, full-length episodes, rugby history podcasts, all that kind of stuff, then you can go along to patreon.com, blood and mud, where you can sign up and just, you know, do that. Support us. You'll feel better for it. Or maybe you yeah. won't. I will. I'll definitely feel better for yeah, it. I'll do definitely it. Do it for me. Do it for me and Josh. Yeah. Robbie, we asked you've got a Patreon, haven't you? Where yeah. people quite rightly we support we support Yeah, you, we've got each other. I think we've got like a back and forth of yes. money, the means Somehow, just going we to might as well not do it because yeah. we end up just in the same Basically position. wouldn't it's yeah. wooden dollars, but it makes us all feel good about it. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. It's, it's endearing. If you join our Patreon, you help us sponsor the lovely, lovely ladies at Iroquois Roots Rugby. We got into a brilliant discussion about boiled eggs with soldiers with us yeah, on Twitter this week, which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but we asked this last week, Robbie, because you've got different tiers of membership. Are you considering selling your farts in a jar like that woman did <laughs> oh, as a yeah. membership? <laughs> Very much. That's actually just over on the notes just over here. Um, it's with yeah. Israel Yes, I've been trying to get Israel to sell his farts as well. Uh, he's currently saying he's in Japan, so it's too far to send them, which is a nightmare, but, you know. Um, and he's really particular about who can buy them. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. Um, I mean, I'm not we'll surprised, there. to be honest, you know. It's not like him to be obstructive and sort of no. you know, discriminatory you know, about these things. Normally, no. he's really into any scheme that makes him money. Um, <laughs> true, so actually. it's a real surprise yeah. to hear yeah. Israel Falau perhaps having some sort of morals yeah, as we the said, line he was very big on blessing. what God's will was, and God's will always seemed to be him getting more money. <laughs> yeah, that seemed to be what God's will could be summed up as. I mean, that's sure. how I've approached my life as well. So, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's an approach. The um, yeah. So there you go. Thank you very much for that. So if you thanks you to Mike and everybody else who supports us on Patreon, and I hope you like the extra stuff that you get. Shall we start as or begin even as we always begin with a player spotted? Everybody, I think Please. we should, yeah. So, Reese John Jones, who is a patron, so he's he's come right up the Patreon messaging pipe with this. Uh, hello, with this he says, play spotted hot off the press. He says, earlier this Sunday, this week, my partner and I were waiting to be seated at Wagamama MacArthur Black Glen Bridge End. Oh, okay, hot, hot area for uh, yeah. a rich seam. If a player spotted his, they do seem to love the MacArthur Glen outlets, don't they? And I don't blame them. I enjoy them. Both the listeners and professional rugby players seem to like it very much. I mean, where else are you going to get some knockoff fucking, well, not knockoff, some cut price Levi's on a Thursday? (laughs) There's one up here which people will know is Cheshire Oaks, which is just outside Ellesmere. It's, 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 it is what it is. I don't, I don't care for it, but uh, yeah, but <laughs> I can see it. it was handy for me when I was in work in Asbury Portland because I could nip down there at like half ten on a Tuesday when nobody's there. Oh, look. Mm. I went down a week before Christmas a few years ago, and it was a massive queue to get in the car park, and people were ill-tempered, is the best way I can put it. I was all right. I feel like shit. I feel like there's something about outlet shopping that promotes a sort of weird 
anger about people. It's like they're so they're convinced that if they don't get in first, somebody else is going to get the bargains. It's like, yeah, man, and, there's and, bargains for everyone. And they try to pretend it's somehow glamorous, don't they? There's a the kind of kind of cachet yeah. attached to it somehow, which and it's really not. It's like <laughs> you know, it's usually next to a motorway, and yeah. <laughs> it's end of line designer products for roughly 20% off their factory, their standard retail price. And when you're an XL bloke or an L bloke like me, everything is gone anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you fuck. <laughs> if you're a yeah, 28 chest or something, it's valid. Fine, <laughs> sorted. But no good yeah, 52-inch 50, jeans, fucking shit loads of them. <laughs> yeah, 50, 50, 52 waist, 28 inside leg. Fucking have your choice. <laughs> Uh, uh. So anyway, meanwhile at MacArthur Glen with Reese John, jo- yes. John Jones, he says, upon entering, we brushed past a lone figure waiting to collect a takeaway inside the vestibule. Hello. Oh, I do oh. like the word vestibule. It's a lovely word. Uh, he said, while waiting to be seated, a member of the staff brought him a large bag of food, uttering only two words, the second being Lee, the first being Lee even, and the second being Burn. There was a brief mask of every local heavy's favourite fullback before he disappeared silently into the frosty bridge end night. I can't tell you why. That feels like a really big get. (laughs) (laughs) Lee Byrne picking up takeaway Wagamama. Yeah. The bridge end McCarthy Glen outlet. Taking some home for Andrea, probably. Is his wife called what Andrea? She's, she oh, used to be on uh, ITV weather. News, didn't she? Yeah. Or something. Andrea? Is, it, is she 57 yeah. years old? I mean, she might be now, yeah. But, uh, like, <laughs> Andrea Byrne. What was wrong with being 57? How old would Lee be now? He's, old, he's younger than me. He must, is he about 40? 40? About there, yeah. about there, you'd think. Yeah. Andrea Byrne is English journal currently. She's currently, oh, she's still on ITV Wales. Well, she presents Wales at six and Wales this week. Wow. Seriously, who is watching the six o'clock local news now? <laughs> I've got no fucking idea. Every, occasionally, it just I'm, I happen to be on one of the major channels what, like, mm. before it, and it, all of a sudden I realise that we're 10 minutes into the news. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Turn this off immediately. The only time I've sat down to watch, like, with any thought of watching the news was when I happened to be back at my mum's and I noticed Jon Snow's last broadcast was on. Uh, <laughs> and so, and so yeah. I sat down and you, put yeah. it on. Because um, it's always exciting whenever I'm back at my mum's because she's got terrestrial channels, which, you know, phew. I mean, it's, you know, you get to see adverts, which you normally only see before YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, and you can't, you can't just skip them after five seconds. You've no. got to sit there and watch the whole thing. And they're not tailored to me, so I see ones for like dog food. It's incredible. There's um, it's a really cornered market in local news readership, isn't it? Once you once you're in the chair mm. of being like you a never BBC Wales woman yeah. or man, same with ITV Wales, same everywhere. Like the, you're just not being shifted at all here for like, and not even like. I mean, I know you have a lot of people on the normal BBC news if you like the the national news who don't get shifted, but. Honestly, you're like you're in there for like 25, 30 years of your. Oh, yeah, there was a great deal of like local controversy uh, when Kylie Pentelo left East Midlands today <laughs> in order to go to ITV's equivalent, um, and it was it it. I remember being in sick form at the time, and it being a genuine topic of discussion, um, which 
I don't know why. You know, we were 17. <laughs> I don't know which 17-year-old <laughs> is sitting down to watch the local news, especially both versions on BBC and ITV, but we were going to miss Carly Pentelo. <laughs> that scans for you, though, Robbie. It has to be said. But that's... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yeah. I, also... I tell you, you're talking about people who've been there for ages. Jonathan Hill, the male anchor of, of Wales at Six on ITV, yeah. has literally been there since 1993. Wow. And he's still there now. And to be fair to him, he's still in pretty good fucking... Like, he was obviously I, a I child. I sort of know someone who knows Jonathan Hill. So yeah. I was actually at a New Year's Eve party once with Jonathan Hill, and I've been to a cricket game with John. True story, this, with Jonathan Hill. How old is he? Because genuinely, he's ageless. He looked about <laughs> the same age. I think, now. Fair play to him. Uh, he yeah. still broadly looks the same. I was or chatting with he him. He hasn't got press shots done recently. I was chatting with him like I do. Mm. Uh, and, you know, because I do chat with people. He was telling me, but did you know he's been on he's been on the 12-month contract since 1993? When I spoke to him, probably... Fuck it out. Basically, his contract ends on the 1st of January every year. And it always gets renewed because he's Jonathan Hill. Yeah. That's the story I heard back then. It might have changed now, but that's what he told mm. me back then. Jeez. It was basically saying that, yeah, he just... So every year he's a bit... Well, technically I could lose my job, but it never happens. <laughs> he's genuinely a very, very lovely... His contract is not going to be renewed. A very lovely and humble bloke. Mm. Just a very normal man. I suppose you have to be but, to be yeah. to hang around that long in... And just do the same job <laughs> since 1993. Like when I went to the cricket with him, he's telling me a story about this must have been in the nineties. He was doing the news and a fly went in his throat as he was talking. He kind of went <coughs> and he said it went it whatever the nineties version of viral was, it went like they had the clips of it and you know, like a funny section on American TV and stuff. Wow. Oh yeah. And he literally had to deal with, you know, he's been interviewed and stuff on these probably you know, all the way from Wales, England on the news and you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was a, yeah, but a very nice fella. And still there, I did flick through the channels and found him there the other day. I sometimes find myself watching the one show and getting upset. Oh, It's this thing in the corner I suddenly get upset with. I got even more upset the other day because when did Ronan Keating become a TV presenter? Oh, I mean, Whoa, hold yeah. up, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I, one of my favourite things is watching Americans on the one show because they are so baffled by that format. <laughs> I remember... And it is a... weird because yeah. it's like a fucking... Like the the speed at which they go from light-hearted to deadly serious is yeah. enough to give you fucking ten whiplash. siblings. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's 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 ten siblings level. It's like, oh, and so and so has been making you know faces out of pumpkins for seventeen years, and now they've all rotted away. Oh, isn't that hilarious? Uh, and a terrible child abuse story as uh, just <laughs> what the fuck. Where was the same? Like at least, at least cut to a sort of musical number or something. To... I remember watching Amanda Seyfried on it, and they were asking about whatever film she was there promoting, and she was kind of answering the questions. And then they just said to her after she'd been answering these questions about this film, "So, what do you think of your postcode?" And she went, "It's, it's all right, I guess." <laughs> <laughs> and they went, "Great, because you may not understand what your postcode can truly say about you." And fruit are like a five-minute VT. <laughs> Of someone walking through Bristol explaining <laughs> the importance and history of postcodes, and then flew back to her and went like, "Amanda, what do you think of that?" And she was like, 
yeah, it was uh, very interesting. And she looked so baffled by the whole thing. I'm quite and, like, just right, too. Just before Christmas, they had like Maggie Gyllenhaal and Dakota Johnson uh, on with Craig Revel Hallwood and Ronan Keating <laughs> interviewing them. What a them. meeting of minds. And like, they were asking more questions to Craig Revel Hallwood because to them, <laughs> and to, that, to the target audience, that's a more famous star than the two major Hollywood actresses. Uh, yeah, yeah. My, um... yeah they're, not, they're not on TV every Saturday night. <laughs> Over Christmas, we put 1997 Top of the Pops on, or oh, whatever yeah. year it was. <clears throat> mm. Boyzone were on, doing No Matter What. Remember that mm. one? Terrible song. Yeah, yeah that the, de- the he's dead now, bless him. But the nasal one was yes. singing, wasn't he? But anyway, the, the, they're there, and I said, to, my, my kids are like, because my kids are seventy and ninety. Like, who are these? I said, it's boys. I said, who are they? I said, they were one of the biggest boy bands at the time. And my daughter says, why are they all so old and ugly? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, you've got a point. Yeah, it's true. Because one of them is was probably by that point bald and a bit chubby and looked like somebody's dad. That one they never focused on. Yeah, it's almost like they whittled down what was required for a boy band. It's like you start with the Beatles in the 1960s where there's absolutely no, you know, with the exception of Ringo Starr being brought in, there's no kind of like massaging this at all. And then gradually over the course of the next 40 years, they've kind of precision whittled down boy bands to the point where is one direction, the, the, the sort of tip of the boy band pyramid in terms of just, they're all incredibly handsome. They can all mm. sing. They're all quite interesting in their own right. It's like that's like apex boy band for me. And it's interesting that apart from K-pop, there hasn't really been a big boy band since. And it must be. I like think yeah, because they're all the boy bands. All the boy bands are Korean now. Yeah. Which, I mean, is a whole other thing. Mm. But I, it I is mean, a whole other thing. There's there's lots of conversation we could spin off from this, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I just realised <laughs> well, yeah. I have it all heading down. Because we're incredibly on point at the moment, aren't we? In well, this so yeah, Rolling literally hasn't mm. mentioned rugby TV presenter now. Just mm, to segue yeah. right into it. I just, I just Wikipedia'd it, and it says the one show is presented by Alex Jones, Jermaine Genus, and Ronan Keating, which genuinely sounds like something that Alan Partridge would come up with. <laughs> Jermaine Genus is another absolutely baffling presence. Oh, exactly. It's like, can you imagine three more boring people to sort of gently guide you? I think he just had to fulfil the Nottingham accent quota. Oh, I mean, this yeah. the national media. There's not enough of them, so they have to yeah. get them. That's why Robbie's here as well, yeah. to be fair. <laughs> like, seeing Jermaine Genus and, like, Dion Dublin presenting Holmes under the hammer and so on. At least Dion's got a good me... energy about him. But it, it always makes me imagine a parallel universe where that's, like, Shane Garrity hosting Holmes <laughs> under the hammer. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking forward to... Speaking you know, of the going bald, slightly ugly one, Shane Garrity. Got to be one. questionable value. I mean... Surely it's poised for a reboot with Nigel Ray as the host of Homes Under the Hammer with, you know, yes. his co-host Owen Farrell, Billy Wunapola, Maro Itoje, etc., etc. Thank you very much. I'd watch that version of Bargain Hunt, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lee Byrne in Wagamama Lee, picking sorry, up Lovely. in Bridgen. Lovely stuff. Uh, Lee Dickinson's real deal. Lovely stuff. That's my contribution. Sorry. Leading, yes. Um, Lieber not talked about as much as other players, perhaps. Do you think mm. every, every every back is under the shadow of Shane? So nobody 100%. else is really talked about. Yeah. Despite Leeburn probably defining, was in with a shout, sorry, as the person who defined what a fullback should have been mm. in I the mean, late 2000s, really, wasn't he? 
Yeah, it was him and his... him and Rob Carney were basically the two best fullbacks in the world at that point. Do you think when they called his name, he picked a beautiful line for all of the other people waiting for their order at Vagamon? <laughs> I always want to call it Vagamon. Popped up out of nowhere. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really hit that line beautifully, split right between them, made it all the way to the counter. I like God. a Wagamama. I like a like a, you know a washing up bowl full of what looks like washing up water, <laughs> but it's somehow delicious. So. Delicious washing up water. It's the Wagamama's promise. That's probably the <laughs> the sad thing is that's probably the only Wagamama in you know outside of Cardiff and Swansea that mm. these people can go to. Makes you appreciate things, doesn't it? At least you're full when you leave there, unlike fecking your sushi where you've spent 170 quid and you're still hungry when you're leaving. Unless you're doing the refillable bowls of miso soup forever. (laughs) And then we're back to delicious washing up liquid. Washing (laughs) up water, aren't we? (laughs) So, shall we do some news? Yeah, I think we Mm. should. Given that we're 42 minutes in, I'm not even sorry. I don't know why I pretend to be sorry sorry. anymore. I'm not even sorry. Right, we mentioned we sort of alluded to it at the beginning, but the unvaxxed will not be allowed into France, which is going to be quite yes. a revealing thing, mm. isn't it? Yeah, it's going to make those the. I mean, it's not going to be a problem for Ireland because they claim to be ninety nine percent vaccinated, and I'd love to know who the one player is. Imagine it's Johnny Sexton. It's now, there's forty people in the squad and you're ninety nine percent vaccinated. Whose leg isn't vaccinated? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's ninety nine percent of the players in Ireland. So there's got to be how many professional oh, players okay, are there in Ireland? <laughs> it's it's clearly James Lowe. We all yeah. know it's James Lowe. <laughs> I've got no reason to believe it's James Lowe, but it's James Lowe. He's got big anti-vax hair energy. So, yeah. Uh, England are also touring Australia this summer, which with all of the, you know, England England also have to go to France. Uh, Yeah. Mm. This law obviously, like this new French law that they brought in that requires a vaccine pack, obviously mainly exists to make Novak Djokovic's life worse. And for that reason alone, I support it wholeheartedly. But... It will make things really interesting because England were only at 85% vaccinated in the autumn. Mm. So that's that's a lot of that squad that at that point at least was unvaxxed. Um, no idea about Italy. I assume probably mainly vaccinated. I just, they well, they went like hard and early lads. with the everyone stop fucking about because we want to get over this. There's, yeah, we are not so, having our hospitals overflowing with corpses again, which is not even a joke. That's actually what no, that yes, it, yeah. So they, you know, they, if only you would imagine, if anybody is, feels takes this quite seriously, it's probably the Italians. Um, mm. So yeah, it will be really interesting to see which players and Henry Slade aren't allowed <laughs> into France. I mean, what without getting into the ethics of it. It's going to be interesting to see what the squad's going to do with it, aren't they? Because there are going to be some yeah. people who say no, I guess, aren't there? And, um, and would you do you risk your international career because of that? Well, and that's or the international thing. You, period of your international career. You can't be, you know, you can't be fully vaccinated. You know, if, if you, you haven't started in, now, that's true. If you haven't yeah. started already. Yeah. So, like, if you haven't, if you're not already on that train, and and if you're Eddie Jones or Andy Farrell or anybody else like do you pick a player knowing for the squad knowing that he is 100% definitely not going to be available for the biggest match you know certainly from an England point of view the biggest away match and away test that they've got in the tournament it's a real fucking head scratcher I think um, website I saw said that Eddie Jones expecting to lose at least five players um, due to this 
which, I mean, the assumption is always they're Exeter players. That's where your brain goes. I was going to say, how many Exeter players are in the squad again? <laughs> so, uh, Chat Noel, uh, Henry, Henry Slade. Slade. We know for a fact. Yeah, um, uh, Luke Cameron. Hepburn's not in the squad anymore, is he? No. no. Johnny that's Hill. why they've just selected a Newcastle John, Johnny Hill, huge anti-vax John, energy. I don't know. Huge, another you, huge anti-vax haircut. Have you watched Johnny Hill be interviewed? I love how you're drawing a straight line between haircut and <laughs> anti-vax. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. If you've um, got a Johnny, NASCAR haircut, I, it's guaranteed you've not had a vaccine, basically. <laughs> I found myself unable to avoid warming to Johnny Hill while I've yeah. seen him in interviews. He's like, a delightful he's weird guy. So what? Like he's just he loves biscuits more than anything. And Which I can he just I'm right there with him to be fair. Sort of soft, but then he inexplicably yeah. became massive when he was about fifteen <laughs> and now has to deal with being having to pretend to be a cunt. <laughs> Which must be hard for anybody, you know. Yeah. And Bless he's him. dealing with it in his own ways. But as Borthwick points out, Exeter have got to go oh. to next week. That'll be revealing, <gasps> won't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Is it gonna? Be, it'll be really interesting to see. Yeah, because didn't. Cause Although Hall judging by the team Montpellier might put out, they can probably just take say, their visit. They'll just have a twenty-eight 0 walkover, surely. Just by even not turning up, they could just send Stuart Hogg on his own, and it'd probably be twenty-eight 0 Honestly, <laughs> what the fucking hell was the state of that? I know we'll come on to it. Yeah, but... we'll talk about that in a bit. But yes, you've had a little bit of a yes. teaser there. <laughs> what was yeah, the fucking state yeah. of that, Josh? Is <laughs> fucking state of it. Maybe angry, and I don't even like either of those teams. Josh, have you um, got any news? Yes. Uh, Jack Dunn, favourite of the podcast mm. for reasons, uh, uh, is joining next, uh, next season, which is a good signing for them. Certainly fills the massive bloke void that uh, Johnny Hill will be sort of mm. vacating. Oh, you fucks off to say that. And... It's probably annoying for Leinster to lose their fifth choice lock, I guess, and leaving them with just James Ryan and Devin Toner and the recently capped Ryan Baird and the soon to be capped Ross Maloney. But never fear, don't worry, because <laughs> according to Rugby Pass, uh, Leinster have got the green light to actively search for a world class Southern Hemisphere signing to replace him at lock. Oh, so no. re- remember, guys, it's not about money, it's about pathways and also <laughs> money. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly money. Yeah, but also if if your fifth choice locks leaves, you can sort of t- you know have it's your pick it, of anybody. But what in comes the first? Is it the pathway or the money? <laughs> <laughs> it's the money. It's paved with. It's they're the same thing because the pathway is paved with money. You know, <laughs> Dick Whittington kind of way. See, I like Jack Dunn a lot, and I wonder how he's going to fit in at Exeter because it's, it's, you know, yeah. for, for like, a is he going to have to get unvaccinated? in order to join the squad. Um, We're going to have to suck it right B, out of you, I'm afraid, yeah. There's something about the there's something about the energy of him being a, a massive bisexual goth that doesn't fit with Exeter Chiefs. <laughs> and yet maybe it does, you know, yeah. if they can sort of find a home for weird biscuit, you know, weird shy biscuit aficionado Johnny Hill maybe sort of giant bisexual goth Jack Dunn will fit in right as well I, as Rain. I, hope so. I do think actually as much as you can quite easily, and we have done, have a pop at Baxter. I do think he is quite accepting 100%. of yeah, yeah, yeah. the people I, as I they agree. present themselves to him. Yeah. Even if it's disagreeable to us, he's like, well, that's who they are, and that's fine. So yeah, it's yeah. the same with stuff that is agreeable to us or whatever, I guess. I just can't. Yes. I just cannot imagine how a professional second row has such a toddler's face. 
as Jack Doyle. It's absolutely <laughs> it's incredible. Such a tiny little boy's face. But yeah, who's listened to a lot of my chem? <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> um, it's going to be yeah. I mean, this is it's also really handy that Jack Dunn is going to be joining Exeter because Christ has apparently been approached by Love Island. So you know they're gonna <laughs> perfect... well, devout, devout Christian and nineteen-year-old Christ Johnson are gonna go on love island. <laughs> Look, all I all I know is that according to Wales Online, ITV's producers saw him uh, in the Autumn Internationals and looked at his Instagram and was like, "He oh, likes not wearing. You had he likes not wearing you a had shirt." Had be at, BBC, at Wales Online. <laughs> I know, uh, but yeah, apparently they're bang. They really they've they've sort of contacted his agent and they've messaged him quite a few times being look look it's on the off season you know it'll just just august and you know it's just august and the start Ooh. of september a bit you know or july and august whenever it is like you know go come and sit on a beach and sort of do bits i love the idea of going women. there and try and get people to see the other ways and accept jesus christ into their Me lives <laughs> or just i just like the thought of him just going in there and just and then just behaving like a professional rugby player in there and mm. literally spending like 80% of the day in that weird little sort of half-assed gym that they've got around the side of the pool with the little dumbbells. You're the or 10% just swimming of the rest laps. of the time drinking coffee. <laughs> drinking coffee and protein shakes and then sleeping. Giving media-trained answers. <laughs> Giving media-trained answers every time every he's on a date. <laughs> yeah, it was a tough physical encounter. <laughs> 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 Job to take my top oh. off, Christ. <laughs> I just want to make sure I work in the right one. areas. Keep going. <laughs> oh. Well, stop this. Tell me now. you wouldn't like tell it. me you wouldn't tune in though. Oh, I would. I would absolutely I, watch I would that. Be, I mean, yeah. Look, they had an Island We've... Sevens player on it and I tried watching it. So I've oh, tried, yeah. honestly. Lovely, lovely Greg O'Shea. Mm. A man who quit, who just quit rugby to focus on being full time professionally handsome, which arguably <laughs> was his biggest talent altogether. I, I, I've I've tried. I, I thought mm. everyone keeps talking about. it. I know Josh watches it. He's a man I respect. So I thought I'll have yeah. a go at it. There must be something about it. I mean, and there is five minutes, and I was like, "How does anyone <laughs> give a flying fuck what happens to these people? <laughs> these fucking people." And so I turned I off. Couldn't even get into believe. the sort of car crash element of it. I couldn't even get into finding it funny like after think, a while it just wore me down i prefer I to I... focus on quality entertainment like season four of cobra kai <laughs> <laughs> well, so got, got a title though because they've had greg o'shea in mm. british one they had an australian sevens player in the australian one mm-hmm. um who they had someone come off because he was just awful um so yeah, why not? Why not? Is what you'll be girls. Someone who apparently talked about their ex-boyfriend being a very famous rugby player, uh, and then it turned out it was former Dragons winger Mike Poole. <laughs> if, if you'd have given me fifty guesses at former Dragons winger, I don't think I'd have got so much. I have a very, I have a big problem with the word very. <laughs> and an even bigger problem with the word famous. <laughs> Rugby player, I'm all right with, but only Ish. just about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, steady on now. So, more news. Mm. Uh, Beard is signed for Harlequins, not that one. 
Mm. Yeah, it's Osprey that beard. Beard that beard's staying in the Ospreys, which is nice. Yes, indeed. So that one is staying in the Ospreys. But actually, to be fair to Quinns, they've kind of bolstered, well, they've kept hold of the people. They've got Beard, Will Evans is staying, Don Brandt's re-signed, mm. Northmore's yeah. re-signed. I think they're in a good position where a lot of their players are young enough at the moment that they can stick Marcus Smith on a pay-him-anything-you-want deal as the marquee guy, because obviously they need to pay that guy anything that he wants mm. and still afford broadly everybody else. Like, how much fucking, like, you know, for a guy who used to be, like, playing, was playing at Ewick before he was there, like, how little has Alex Dombrandt been on mm. up until this point? <laughs> like, what bargain basement offer did he get? And I mean, Alex... it was still more than Cardiff offered him, but, you know... <laughs> He was apparently a Quinns fan growing up, so he, you know, yeah. there may have been bigger offers than that. They make a lot of play of that there. made in Cardiff thing with him, don't they? When he just went to yeah. university yeah. and played rugby. <laughs> he at went university. to university and played and played university at that university and refused to play for the team when they played in the Welsh Premiership because they were too rough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did get his fucking ice hockey smashed in. To be yeah. fair to him, but like, I never. Yeah. I fancy I'm never... living in this. I'm not getting involved <laughs> not in that. Getting <laughs> any of that shit. <laughs> I'm not playing championship level fucking Welsh amateur rugby. Thank you very much. With this <laughs> accent. Yeah, it seems like such a long time since I was thinking this Wales under twenty second row Alex Dombrand seems like a promising player. <laughs> yeah. In many ways, that's sort of one of the most damning indictments of the whole under-20s fucking thing. It's just like, mm. wherever you happen to be standing, you're then It's the same in football, them. though. It's yeah, just, it's true. That's, that's where you are, you know, where you are at that mm. time, and it doesn't tie you've got to you wonder in. what You've got to wonder what the point of international rugby is if they're just going to literally pick just lads who are in the vicinity. <laughs> they might as well just play sort of county games or something. Mm. It feels mad to think Ross Moriarty played for England. Yeah. Can you imagine? Captain imagine England. self-loathing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he was so good for He probably windpiped himself eight minutes into the game. <laughs> <laughs> the sheer fury every time he looked at the shirt of his teammate. <laughs> yeah, started running in the wrong direction and couldn't understand why. <laughs> he used to say he tackled everything, but that didn't normally mean your own team. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of international rugby, mm. South Africa are uh, only picking South African-based players for the autumn tour this year. They say, uh, no, only the one game. Only the one England of, game. Sorry, they've got a one. Yeah, they've got that one game out of window, and they've made it as ah, a sort yes. of like, like, oh yeah, we, you know, we're trying to reward our players who are, you know, based in South Africa, you know, and are staying at home. And it's like, no, you just can't afford to buy out fucking Ebenezer's. <laughs> Massive Toulon fucking release fee. Even like, though Toulon want you to, because he's a burden. <laughs> Toulon desperately <laughs> want rid of. I mean, we're talking about world class Southern Hemisphere locks. What betting of even Elizabeth rocking up at fucking oh. the RDS next season? Oh no! Oh my word! Can you imagine? Oh, no. I can imagine. How horrible would that be for everyone else? But they probably well, anyway, got, so uh, sir, sir. Munster have got us at world-class South African lock, so we deserve one as well. <laughs> um, anyway, yes. But that does open the door to much excitement for me because I do believe that means that Geo Aplon Springbok yes. is on again. Yes. <laughs> 2022. So <laughs> Let's do it. Let's get it back. You got any news, I... Robbie? 
I did just on the the thing. I I like the fact that Jake White suggested this last week, and if you know if we can start giving Jake White one twelfth of everything he asks for, then yeah. he'd be like he'd be the like holding tackle bags for every club in rugby. Um, <laughs> and I'm all for that. Uh, yeah, the squad was named for the Six Nations. Oh um, yes, missed that. Which you know, there's a very young squad. The average age is 23. Um, They've gone positively fetal on the flyoff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Darbizi is the oldest and most experienced ten in the squad, and he's 20 what? And he's got um, about seven caps. Yeah, I think he's got 12 caps now. Oh yeah. Where's he up uh, so, to on actual professional appearances now? He can't be on more than about 50. So yeah, he's played. Um, I think about 10 games for Montpellier since signing. And he's got about 12 caps. And I think he played in total about 10 games for Benetton over two seasons. Um, <laughs> and like the Rainbow Cup final was the first time he played in front of a crowd. Um, so, you know, he imagine, played... imagine how that's going to be for him when he mm. runs out into a fucking 75,000 cap Millennium Stadium in a, a month's time. I mean, like, imagine how Marcus Smith's going to feel though when he realizes he's the Aldi Center Isle Paolo Garbisi in spring of this year. Look, everybody needs to come to that realization in the end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other 10s in the squad are Leonardo Marine, who's 19, was very good for the end 20s last year, but he is 19 years old and he's going to be their second choice 10. Uh, and then Giacomo DeRay, who is currently playing fullback in the Italian division at the Italian League. And oh, wow. apparently he's been very good, and so they've called him in. Um, I love the I love the, the 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 different sort of Cretaceous period type things, e- epochs that Italian fly off selection goes through. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was the Dominguez period, wasn't there? It's lasted for yeah. so long and was like yeah, and it was T-Rex literally at ten. You know, yeah. And then it's you like... moved into the can we find some um, Australians or New Zealanders who will convert to do it. <laughs> Each one is terrible as the last. Yes. Until it Until ended eventually. with Kelly, Kelly Hymona. <laughs> yeah, you hit the nadir of Kelly Hymona. And then so yeah. Let's try it's something got, completely different. <laughs> let's, try, let's try and get a fucking domestic abusing, coked up psycho from Australian Rugby League. That didn't work either, <laughs> funnily enough. And now they've basically gone, let's just pick tweens. That's, it, that, that's the latest thing they're trying. <laughs> they're basically making a K-pop band. <laughs> I-pop. <laughs> That is the next best boy band. The new big boy yeah. band is the Italian fly half shirt. <laughs> but it's like, is this? Are you gotta give him like, take your hats off to Kieran Crowley for just entertaining me mm. with his selections? Because like, any sensible rugby coach would have gone two fly halves under twenty is a bit. That's quite. That's quite a lot, isn't it? Should we have like three twenty and under as well? Yeah, and none, one of them's never even played proper professional rugby. Okay, yeah, yeah, brilliant. But I mean, we still Carlo Canner's only twenty nine. Should we keep him as a sort of like inside, you know, extremely good inside centre that he was last season and a potential safety black? No, we'll get rid of that. And Toby Allen's played quite well for Quinns. Uh, no, we won't have him either. It's like we're going full balls out. How young can we get? Like on the fly-off front, and the answer is very young. <laughs> I remember this stat coming up before about France's squad, but Jacob Umanga, if he gets back in the England squad, you know, it's happened a couple of seasons ago, would now be the oldest fly-half in two out of the Six Nations squads because <laughs> he's older Amazing. than Untermack and Jalabert as well. <laughs> Amazing. Any more news? Uh, oh, can I just throw, 
Sorry, I just yeah. I learned this whilst looking at the Italy squad. Um, mm-hmm. Paolo Garbisi's favourite song um, yeah. is I Can Believe Longest I Can Time Fly. by Billy Joel. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> George Michael again. Um, I Believe I Can Fly by R. Kelly, which I did not have down. <laughs> I would not have expected to do that. That is a punchy choice in 2022. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Paolo, read the newspaper, mate. It's like um, we all know Ignition was a banger, but it's not allowed anymore. It's done. Uh, Georgia have joined the Six Nations officially um, as a as a referee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Finally, people can shut the fuck up about it. He's here. Uh, yeah, they named the, the referees for the Six Nations, and there is for the first time a referee from a tier two nation. Um, Plus, Mike Adamson's got two games. Um, so say what you like about that. Um, they've done that thing again that they do all the time, where now Luke Pierce is extremely good. They've only given him one game, which is Ireland, Italy. Well, it's yeah. like, the, yeah, they've gone right. We're between World Cups here, lads. We've got, we've got <laughs> to get something out of this lot. So we're going to fucking throw as much Adamson and Brace at the wall as we can and hope that a competent test match official falls out of it. It reminds me of that story about Michael Owen when he was playing locally in North Wales when he was like 14 and he he scored nine goals in the first half and his dad made him go in goal for the second half. There's a bit of that about Luke Pearce, isn't there? Like you're just yeah. making it embarrassing for everybody now. You're too good, by mate. Being too competent and too talented. So get out of the, the way. You're going to sit on the bench until all the rest of the lads catch up with you, all right? <laughs> Let this lad only breeze through his mouth and take some penalties Watching you be us. good. <laughs> right. Um, uh, yes, other news. Uh, yeah. Razzy and Rasmus' Twitter... Uh, his, his Twitter band's not over. His band from rugby is over, uh, which can only be a good thing, surely, because like he's got now that he's actually got to go to work... I know he can't be involved with the Springboks, but like, surely he, he's got to be on Twitter less now. Yeah. That he's his, not just kicking it. He's not just getting pissed every night at home. His like, daughter's please. posted a video saying they're very glad she's going to be out of the house now. <laughs> Imagine a character like Razzy Erasmus after everything that we've learned about him in the last 18 months. Just being, I mean, nothing to do but sit at home and day drink. Like and try to be funny. That was quite a left turn, funny. wasn't it? It was a real. I can't work in rugby. Turn. I'm going to try to be funny for the <laughs> next couple of months. It was months. like a sort of. It was like, oh, James Haskell's well, done it as well. Oh, yes, that's true. <laughs> he was like, oh, that Robbie Owen, my guy, manages to fuse comedy <laughs> and rugby very well. So, and I really like him. So maybe I'll. This was just basically a two month kind of come and get me plea that you just ignored. <laughs> oh, you could man. have had him on the. You could have had him on the videos every week. I could have had him in the chair next to me. He could have been sat over there. I could have been scrolling his name on the walls. Yeah. <laughs> that has very different connotations. As a that sentence. really does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In other news... Uh, yes. Albert Tuasui signed for Gloucester. Who isn't interested in seeing a back row of Jake Paledri, Albert Tuasui and Ruin Ackerman next year? Yes, please. Uh, people <laughs> I mean, might have to play against them. How fun does that Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then they've got Lewis Ludlow coming off the bench. Like, yeah, okay. Gloucester becoming a serious rugby team now. Robbie, what do you think? Gloucester becoming a serious rugby team. They've got a back row of Albert Tuasui's Jake (laughs) Muller. That's not something a serious rugby team does. That is a team going out (laughs) to make people laugh. 
<laughs> that's very true. Yeah. That's like that's a like, team you sign on rugby challenge. Yeah. And I like respect that. that. Yeah. Because they've all got like 98 on power and nothing else. <laughs> and you prioritize that one stat. I mean, I feel like George Skivington has a bit of the he's played rugby manager a lot vibe about him. So mm. yeah, I don't blame him in that regard. Last calls for news. Uh, no, I think we've 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 got the news. Kick the fucking backside out of that, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> so big European weekend to talk about. So that's the point at which we say goodbye to our non-patron listeners. See you, Bye. everybody. Bye. If you... That's probably the end of the weekend, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah. We welcome back our non-patron listeners. You missed some, you know, great fun in there. Shall we do shit good? As we are wont to do. Yeah. We always start with shit, don't we? So we do. Shit, Robbie. Um I mean, so not being able to get the uh channel four to Chromecast properly, so having to listen to Lawrence Delalio uh instead. Um, <laughs> which there's a moment during the bath game after Alfie Barbary did something, uh, in which he said he's got the first name you think of in the alphabet. <laughs> Alfie? <laughs> what? <laughs> surely the first, surely the first name you think of in the alphabet is Aaron. Uh, that's got two A's. For me, it's Alan Alatoa, um, but I spend too much time, as you can see behind me on the wall. <laughs> but why would you even say that anyway? What context <laughs> is that a relevant thing to be saying? Genuinely, say so much that comes out of his mouth is wibble, but it's especially the case when. He should not be allowed anywhere near wasps. Literal wasps board member should not (laughs) be commentating on wasps, man. Come on. Um, Josh, have you got anything? Uh, Liam Williams. Why not? Let's go here again. Um, (laughs) If he was half as good as the game he talked on Twitter and interviews these days, um, the Scarlets wouldn't have been quite happy to let him go with a year left on his contract to the Blues. I really like. I, I I cannot help but enjoy Liam Williams, the player, when he's on it. Yeah. But he has not been on it. His, his powers are like he's clearly he's thirty now. His powers are starting to wane, and he sort of seems to be turning up the dickhead more and more to kind of counteract it. Like I kind of love game. that though, really, because I get the feeling that if he hadn't become a professional rugby player, this is exactly what he would be like, but <laughs> yeah, just in like... pubs. Do you know what I mean? That's what I, yeah. I kind of love that about it. And then people think he wasn't very hard because of the skinniness. And yeah, then the kind of council yeah. estate strength had come out and he'd batter everybody who started on him. I've got a lot of time for it, really. I, honestly, I can't help but enjoy him as a player, but God, mm. he's really ineffective as a player. Like, he's trying too hard all the time. Like, he was terrible. Like, everyone was terrible for the Scarlets, don't get me wrong. But, like, everything that he did seemingly was just like. Going, carrying a bit too far to get himself isolated, or you know, trying to do something a bit too spectacular. And he just needs to like. He's really lucky that Wales don't have any good fit fullbacks at the moment, because hey, he's hey, the only option. Hey, Matt Prover is fit. <laughs> You're damn right he is. Matt Evans is fit. He's not actually fit. Yeah. He's uninjured. Is Matt Prover actually fit? Like the. There's this whole take that Liam Williams is supposedly the best player in the world under the high ball, which is not true. He is at best the third best in the high ball in Wales. And as you say, like I might take Dan Evans over him as well, and he's shaped like a tree. 
Like I've seen tree trunks <laughs> the exact size and dimensions of Dan Evans. And yeah, I think he's probably as solid under the high ball as Liam Williams is, who's supposedly the best in the world, I think. Yeah. Right, the one Liam Williams went up and took a regulated like the first the first of many Bordeaux mm. Begler tries on was was literally Liam Williams went up entirely unchallenged for a regulation high ball and knocked it 18 feet forward into the arms of a Bordeaux player, and they then just shipped it out wide and scored. It I was mean, like... What's the most beautiful shipping out wide you'll ever see? But... <laughs> Genuinely, I would marry everything about that little Cordero, oh. like, fucking Jalivet, wokey thing was just, ah, just lovely. But yeah, I just, yeah, I, I'm getting a bit fed up of it now. Hmm. And by it, I mean watching him play. Not as good as he used to be. Why? Father time, you bastard. Why can you not make these players good forever? Uh, shits we've got coming in. James Reese gets in touch. His shit is Dewey Lake's gyroscopic arm. <laughs> Were they all calling him good. Dewey Lake on the fucking coverage? Or was I, I mean, imagining it something? It would not have shocked me. I was too busy being annoyed by him constantly missing his darts. <laughs> There's a real reason why he's, you know, he's probably the most physically like good hooker yeah. in Wales in terms of both his scrummaging ability and his carrying ability. And there is a reason that he is absolutely nowhere near any Wales squads and they've called up pretend people like that Bradley bloke from Ulster ahead of him and that is because that guy cannot fucking I know he's converted back row but like dude you've been a hooker for like three years now maybe more like be better at throwing I hope he goes I hope they call him up just so he can go to whatever happened to Ryan Elias between the second and third weeks of the autumn when (laughs) yeah yeah he went to Jonathan Humphrey's line out school and (laughs) It's not so, quite, Jacob Mag is not quite as fun, but you know, it's no, yeah. well, it's sort of fun. more like Clockwork Orange, but like, <laughs> with lot for lineouts. And at the end, you can throw tidy darts. Stu Clark uh, gets in touch. He says, "Shit, but funny because he looked a right tit." Was Augustine Creevy arguing with the ref against the yellow card, oh. saying he didn't slap Richie and asking for a replay, which showed him headbutting Richie, <laughs> and instead he gets a red card. It was the most creepy-esque thing. It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. I loved every bit of it. Like, to use that sort of, like, un, you know, the captain's challenge thing doesn't exist no more. He shouldn't be able to say to the ref, you should TMO this. And yet he sort of used that, like, power of being a, you know, 80-cap fucking international to kind of make that happen. And then he just... It just... <laughs> It just went really fucking badly. Hilariously for backfired, like a peel yeah. shoplifted, and then people find evidence you've murdered somebody. And so it's <laughs> basically what's happened there. Uh, you got any more shit, Josh, where I keep just going through the other bits? Uh, no, I just got the one big one this week. Any reflections on um, Augustine Creevy? Now you're back, Robbie. Um, I mean, I first want to say, I've just realised I've been using the wrong microphone and I've been talking into a different microphone for the entire length of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, I've just realised that um, so I that mean, wouldn't be as clear everything on that not ideal um, no the, the <laughs> two quick shits one is Cardiff being knocked out because they fulfilled their fixtures when all the teams real didn't are instead <laughs> nope grand you know they're getting away with it 
Um, I say again, if it was a horse, it would be on the way to its glue factory right now. <laughs> a silly, silly tournament. Um, and the other thing is just the, the Marcus Smith hype train, which has made me, like, I generally feel like I used to like Marcus Smith and I used to enjoy watching and look forward to watching him play. It's now at a point where the hype for him is so massive and so, like, Andy Goode and Lawrence Lalio both called him the best player in the world on the highlight show on the other night. It's so ridiculous. I now just want, I hope he, he fails every time he plays because I'm so tired <laughs> of the, the ridiculous level of hype around him. Do you know what? The As an English has gone mad. Right, who doesn't want him to fail? Yes. In a way, I do. I want him to have a run of about three, even just middling games. Mm. The people will just calm down a bit and then he can actually just get on with it because this is just going to become a nightmare. I think. I he seems like the kind of character that can ride it out, I think, because yeah. he is think quite so. clearly yeah. full of it. But like, there's not wrong with that. But It's just real hard to watch like the froth that BT was getting into about him kicking that winning penalty, which was like the sort mm. of penalty that if he'd missed it, it would have been, you know, walking home territory level bad. <laughs> and it was just like, he's done it again. He's, you know, it's like... No, I think because like, he's like 22 years old, you think his brain is about to explode into like yeah. a load of like TikToks or something. So that just kicking something that's a perfectly normal kick is a yeah. huge achievement when he's he's basically got all of that swimming around in his head. It's like the players that won the game for Quinns there were the ones that fucking smashed over Josh yeah. Adams and fucking won the penalty. Like the fact that he just had to apply the fucking coup de gras is not like Yes, it's good, but it's like it wasn't like all the Marcus Smith show. Like... I thought for like seventy minutes, Jared Evans impressed me more. Um, and think about that one. No, yeah, <laughs> no one. I mean, maybe that's because I was coming in with a lower bar. Um, <laughs> but I mean, no one was talking about Jared Evans. What a what a talent! What a hype at every touch he made. And there was no, you know, on the highlights afterwards going. You know, and Jared Evans, oh, Jared Evans was good though, wasn't he? Harlequins. You know, there was there was none of that, and I understand why. But um, the Mark the Marcus Smith hype train is slowly driving me insane, and I worry. The highlight show. Jared Evans is the best player in, in the, the world. world. You know, like I remember Nicky Robinson on a Scrum Five preview thing. There was him and Ugo Monya on, and. Uh, Nicky Robinson said Jared Evans is the there, best. There's a clash of styles player. right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Nicky Robinson said Jared Evans is the best attacking fly half in Europe. And Ugo Monia laughed. <laughs> <laughs> right and rightly so. Yeah. <laughs> what else we got but, here then? Let's keep going. Will Gaines yeah. says, shit was the lens to Montpellier game. No fun to watch. There's nothing for the tournament or the sport as a whole and just an all-around bad time. Yeah, we covered that a bit before. Yeah. We agree with you, Will. Yeah. Mike Swinson says, shit is no crowd at Cardiff's game. So I could hear Marcus Smith whooping and hollering like a prick when he kicked that ball to win the game at the death. I realise he's the messiah. However, he comes quite across quite unlikable at times. Although he does admit, Mike, that might just be a Quinn's thing. <laughs> You can't forget these are the Maserati shaggers. It's hard to walk yeah. to them completely, really even hard. with Adam Jones lurking about and yeah. them generally just having chaos, you know, bringing chaos to the mainstream. Dan Shears gets in touch and says, "Shit, is Owen Slot's article in the Times on London, oh, the London oh, Irish Ten, the same God. week as the announcement for sale, and also the same week as that bloody 
awful news about that teacher in Ireland as well. Ashling yeah. should use her it's name. It's just Sorry. fucking yeah. I, I I saw the headline for that and I was like, oh, maybe mm. Owen's like it seemed like he was sort of advocating that London Irish should have like dealt with his you know Paddy Jackson's baggage mm. and and sort of effectively forced him to to sort of confront that and to use that as a tool to educate and bring people along but instead yeah. all that article really was was right what do we have to do to get Paddy Jackson playing for Ireland again then what boxes do we need yeah. to tick right okay fine tick 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 and then you can go and then we can all forget about it yeah and it's um, like fuck me guys that's not the fucking thing Go on, Robbie. There's a line at the end about how the public perception is a sentence he'll never see the end of, or something to that effect. Yeah. Which, and I, and I mean, look, I, you know, I've spent a lot of the last few days with You've this done a wonderful in, thing this week on oh, this, thank by you. the way. You have. Um, Genuinely. But, yeah, I'm just, I'm so tired of this. In partly, and, you know, Owen Slot makes this point that it's not, something that's talked about often and it's something i thought a lot is that um you know as well as london irish like bt sport of don't acknowledge it um you have you know that certain presenters regularly actively go out of their way to praise him and ask why he isn't in the island team when he isn't eligible that's the main reason he isn't in the island team um yeah and yeah without discussing why he might not be eligible yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly and so they, they they never come back to the point um, and this could so easily be used as an opportunity to educate and to talk about um, something that's a very real and very big issue. Um, and the people who, you know, go to watch the rugby on a Friday night at London Irish or tune in to watch it on a Saturday at Beat with BT Sport are a very different crowd to those who would read, you know, literature and a, a pamphlet on consent if they were handed one in the street or even people would watch like Promising Young Woman or something that's about that that's supposed to be more entertaining, more accessible. Um and it's it's not only a missed opportunity, I think it's a failure responsibility on behalf of London Irish um, and often on the media. And so while I'm glad that there was some, you know, Owen Slot's piece was talking about this, it was acknowledging it's an issue, it was so at best tone deaf um, that it becomes another issue in and of itself. And people can point to that and go, well, you know, the, the, as Josh said, you know, what box have got to be ticked before you can play for Ireland again? I don't yeah, know, I'm just, I'm very... <laughs> It made me genuinely really angry when mm. he sort of blamed Ireland for telling him to get fucked until mm. forever, as if, and then basically sort of bl- like saying, well, Johnny Sexton can't go in forever, and you've just fucked yourself by sort of giving this man consequences for his actions. And I was stupid, wasn't you know, it? That's what, like... what, what, what pisses me off about it as well, actually, because Owen Slot's a rugby journalist, right? Mm. How does a rugby journalist... Leaving us, you're absolutely right with everything else, right? How does how does a rugby journalist not look at that and go, actually, Jack Carty's probably a better shout anyway, yeah. other way it's currently yeah. being played, and the way Ireland would probably like to play as well. It's absolutely bizarre. Um, that so on a from and, and and this kind of throwaway line about how oh Joey Carberry keeps getting injured. Well, <laughs> He might not do from here on in, and he's quite blatantly more talented than I think Barry Jackson is anyway. But it's just actually, it's it was this way of telling it somehow. It was the crowbarring of him being almost like dishonestly saying he's he's the best option available. Hmm. So I can yeah. then present this shitty take on why he should be available. 
So it's everything, such... you know, it was like fruit of the poison tree, right from the fucking start, really, from, from my point of view. Exactly. And like, there's a, sorry, Josh. It was just, yeah, it, the whole premise of it was just completely fucking, like, I don't, you know, I don't believe that Owen Slot had any ill intent, but he came, you know, in trying to sort of, you know, his his whole sort of attitude seemed to be, well, there's got to be a way that we can kind of, like, sort of put this to bed now. Hmm. As if it's sort of, you know, I dragged on for too long now, you know, we need to, you know, everybody needs to move on from this. Like, he, had, really? he did have a good point where he said people don't want to talk about it. 100%. Yeah. So what they do instead is talk, like you're saying, Robbie, shit around, well, why is he playing for Ireland? So well, actually, well, talk about why he's not playing for Ireland. Bring yeah. the yeah. issue out. Bring some survivors yeah. on and talk to them. Do you know what I mean? I don't know anything. Yeah. And I understand, like, you know, the, the person that's come closest to talking about it publicly, like, a you know, a, a major kind of a teammate or a pundit or whatever, is Roy Best, who then his lawyers threatened to sue if he said any more. Um, and so I understand there's an issue there, but um, part of that is that becomes a really bad look for Jackson, but that's a whole other thing. Um, yeah. But I don't, you don't have to frame it as Paddy Jackson was guilty of what, you know, uh, what he went yeah. to court for. You can talk about the issue around it and why, yeah. you know, as he said himself in the one kind of statement written by his lawyers he read out, that there are lessons he'd learned from it or whatever. Um, yeah, and yet he showed what no evidence those that he's hidden yeah. from the media. Yeah, there's no evidence of this, and there's no attempt by London Irish to go. Actually, we've got a really good opportunity here to because it will make headlines if Paddy Jackson comes out and does work with you know any yeah. charity involved, uh, which is the thing I've sent how many other emails to London Irish over the last few years to try and do, and none of them. I got one reply from one person saying um, you're speaking to the wrong person, and I tried speaking to who probably were the right people, and they didn't even reply. Um, so you know it's a it's a whole thing and the whole thing is rotten from top to bottom um like my tweet on friday i went to search this this morning just to check this um it has more like no more retweets than any tweet london irish have sent or retweeted or been like tagged in uh, for over a year um and it's second on most likes to a photo of uh niall from one direction at one of their games um, which that's not bad yeah. going. That fair play, yeah. <laughs> fair but, it, enough. It, it, but they it's haven't like responded. They're what... not going to. You know, it's yeah. They they don't they don't want to engage with this. No, and that's you know, if that's how they want to, you know, it's their club. We can't force them to do anything, mm. and we can't force Paddy Jackson to, you know, make, seem to make amends for what the things that he's you know, the behaviour that he's shown in the past. But that doesn't mean that we stop holding these institutions to account and yeah. to a higher standard than they seem to be bothered bringing, you know, holding themselves to account. And, and what, why can't London Irish just have a, a have a campaign where they public publicly talk about consent or something? Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and and maybe they have. I haven't looked. You probably look closer to me, Robbie. But you know. Why don't they become a beacon club for doing this with their youth teams and stuff like exactly. that? You know. Yeah. But anyway, as like, Quinns yeah. have done in the past, and Quinns have been very big on this sort of thing, yeah. which is, you know, why despite the, the Maserati issue, they remain the easiest to like club in the Premier, and despite the yeah. pipe trade, yeah. you know, um, because there is, if this had been the other way around, it'd been one of their players, they would have made an effort. Um, you know, I don't know. It's a whole. Yeah. I'm yes. very tired. I mean, it's a whole. It's a whole now. fucking thing when uh, you know London Irish are planning to launch a women's team next year. Mm. Oh yeah. You know, into the Premier Fifteens, they are. And, like, 
what message does that send to the you know the Ireland and Irish's Premier 15s team whenever they should be formed? It's like it does. It's just they don't understand how badly they're fucking this. I think it's strange. It's a strange one as well because if you look at you know, well, I you know, I don't like James Haskell, but you know, he was he, he was posting misogynistic abuse over that hmm. thing with a dog row thing. Yeah, I think it was a bit ridiculous how much people gave him a lot of aggro for walking his dog in a field. But it was the it fact was... that he then jumped to misogynistic abuse, and then you find hmm. a week later you've got two leading women in the game sat on a podcast with him. Now, yeah. the difficulty is there's only so many opportunities that you're going to get as a leading woman of the game to get that Agreed. kind of exposure. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's a really difficult balance, but I suppose it is, it's riven through everything that it's very, very difficult to, to, to get hold of the people who should be saying, you know, just fucking apologise for doing stuff like that and say you won't do something like that again, rather than sort of saying, well, people are horrible to me. So, yeah, but they weren't in that way, were they? I no. had um, a number of sort of, should we say like notable um, female players or former players liked my tweet, uh, yeah. which I guess you can go and find. You know, I wouldn't necessarily whatever. I, like, there I, was I, don't, a I don't like it. Sound like I'm criticizing those headliner. players. No, 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 no. Exactly. Said, you know, it becomes it's, a... it's difficult enough for them to get a toehold. It's and, it's it's ex- it, yeah. and it's extremely hard for, and you know, in exactly the same, you know, to a much less serious fucking degree, but exactly the same sort of thing as when we were talking about the Quinn's kit fiasco thing mm. a couple of weeks ago, and people going, "Oh, well, the." the players themselves didn't seem to have a problem with it and it's like you genuinely think that they're in a position financially yeah. where they can just slate their own club come off it like and that applies to women across the game they're barely fucking professional they're not they're in such a precarious position There's, they can't do anything at this point to put their head above the parapet unless they're really fucking you know there's somebody like Simi Pam that <laughs> seems to kind of just be like, "Well, fuck it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say what I think," um, and more power to her. But like, the greatest person in rugby, so. <laughs> Gen- and it's not even close. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Sorry, yeah. So yeah. we did quite a long time on that, but I think it was something worth talking about. But mm. uh, moving on quickly, speaking of women's rugby, lovely follower Megan Hoey got in touch. She said, "Shit for me was dislocating my finger in our oh. match on Sunday, and I had oh. to." To minor injuries after work because a finger was a right man. There was even a photo, so if you're in the fa- if you if you're in the Facebook group, you can see that. I get one soon. Yeah, Jamie yeah. Phillips, lovely Dragons fan and friend of the pod. Jamie Phillips is finally mm-hmm. mad as hell and he's not going to take it anymore. <laughs> he says, "Shit, the Dragons for obvious reasons just one win so far this season, and I've had a tip full already. But also, shit is the amount of numpties on Twitter." Wanting to scrap the regions and go back to the good old days, as if that's going to solve the problems. <laughs> Jamie, I've met. We've met Jamie. He's a lovely yep. man, and he's clearly just fucking had it off. And who can blame Definitely. him? This year, I mean, I feel him because this year was supposed to be different. If you're yeah. a dragon, you know, <laughs> you know, this year was supposed to be the year that they took that step forward. <laughs> it's just not fucking happened. The it? owner of, I'm not saying this is linked, but the owner of the dragons. David Buttress did put a post up before we came on that he's watching cast live tonight. Yeah. I'm not, not saying the, the two scene. things are linked, but, I, yeah. but they probably are. So <laughs> says a lot. I have lost say. my somebody asked me before, have I lost the cast soundboard, which makes Josh angry? I have. 
Otherwise, yeah. I, I would do it. Just imagine that I'm angry because I am. Because every time <laughs> he says cast, I think about that song now. Last shit from the submissions. Thanks very much, everybody. Mary Williams gets in touch. His shit is the Exeter management continues to be a bag of dicks by confiscating bag. <laughs> oh, pipes. this was so pathetic. Amazing. Absolutely. Like the sort of. Uh, the, 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 like six, you know, six year old level. Well, we're going to confiscate your bagpipes then. Ness <laughs> of it all. It's so pathetic. It's like, grow yeah. up, gang. But that's this level of petty that we're working mm. with now is that they're like going to tit for tat all this shit until somebody, like, even after they've changed their branding, they're still going to be really fucking mardy and chip on their shoulder about GB it. GB News RFC, of people, some people have taken to call it. <laughs> did make me giggle. <laughs> And yet, there's uh, so much about them to like. That's the yeah, really no. frustrating thing, isn't it? You just it gets all lost. That um, buddy, else, the young Maunder brother who came off the bench, who played on Saturday, mm. was great. Yeah, looked a little shit, which I liked. He's a scum half. <laughs> but you know, you think like, they obviously bring these people through, don't they? And everything. I know they're not, they're not unique in that, but there is something about them keeping that little. They feel like a bit like Athletic Bilbao. You know, they keep all mm. these Southwest players in their little. Well, yeah, their half the squad's stuff. fucking related. <laughs> you know, there's so many Jacks and Joes, and like it's ridiculous. You've never seen such so, so many teams with so many of the same name. It's remarkable, especially in a professional rugby context. Yeah, all being you know, I mean, well, they count because everyone is Jones and Davis anyway. And that was because but... of the fucking English anyway. They weren't uh... actually called that, were they? Years ago. Anyway, so um, any more shits? Last shits before we move on? No. No. Onward. I mean, I mentioned Leinster already. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good for me. Can I just say, I love how universally everyone, including our listeners, does put Leinster in shit for winning 89 (laughs) points to seven. (laughs) Is rugby the winner, though, Josh? No, it's not. It's absolutely not. (laughs) Good for me. Speaking of Hugo Bonnier... um, all of the stuff about him getting all worked up and stuff about Smith. My favourite Hugo Monnier moment was, you know, the try when Owen Lane ran through three people. He had no right yes, to yes, run yes. through out on the right. Did you hear the kind of the the, the sex noise? <laughs> Guttural sex Hugo, noise. Yeah, Hugo yeah, yeah. as he broke the tackles. He couldn't yeah. stop himself making this kind of <laughs> gutturally disappointed sex noise as it happened because he can't stop it. It was absolutely remarkable. I properly giggled and rewound it about three times because it was so hilarious. He just kind of went, oh, <laughs> as, he, as he went running through. It was wonderful. He let out like a very soft... What a try on Lane's other try as well. <laughs> it's like he suddenly discovered Owen Lane, and like apparently on the basis of this extremely small sample size, it's like Jesus Christ, Owen Lane's the best player in the world. <laughs> and then it was Nicky Robinson's turn to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Any goods from you, Robbie? Um, so, I mean, Augustin Creevy's been mentioned, but him appealing to the referee and then getting sent off was very funny. Um, Santiago Cordero at nine, which is an yeah, experiment I fun. want more of, especially Absolutely. if Argentina have committed to playing Carreras, who is a winger at 10 now. He's still only 28, Santiago wow. Cordero. I was 28. Cold. Has he been 28 for six years? I think so. Doesn't it? Yeah. But if we can get Carreras at 10 and Cordero at nine, yeah. yes, please. And Facundo Cordero just sort of hanging around there. 
Yeah, he can so play 12. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Full back at 12, we'll play the winger at 10 and we'll play the other winger at 9. Yeah, get, well, five yeah. foot nine and 13 stories. He'd have always been a scrum half, shouldn't he? Really? <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. It's amazing how decent his like scrum half bits of his game were, mm. though. His passing was very good. His box kicking was very good. It's like, when in his career has he ever had any calls to box kick as a fucking winger? But for, yeah, fair skill play. sets. I don't know if it's like when yeah. he was playing sevens or something, he might have been a scrum half. Yeah, I reckon he got it from watching um, 1987 Rugby World Cup footage. That's true. That's true. That does that. it. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really transformative like that. <laughs> the, um, official, the, the, the official film uh, was a big box office smash in Argentina <laughs> that year. Well, maybe he had the elite beat agents singing and dancing behind him every time he has to do scrum half <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Um, um, although I do think that his entire scrum half career should be soundtracked by September by Earth. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I would so watch that on a loop. In life. Yeah, you would. <laughs> Josh, um, any good? Uh, Harry Randall, speaking of scrum halves who do silly things, uh, five carries beat four defenders, ran 62 metres, and, and had two assists. It's like, <laughs> he's just very silly. He shouldn't work as a nine because, like, he's just this constant, like, undulating mass of, like, sherbet. But, like, <laughs> but it's sort of just, and, like, part of the big part of how Bristol have kind of got back to being decent again is that just, like, every breakdown that he makes it to, you just feel like something interesting might happen. It might not necessarily be a good thing. But certainly against Stad, there was a lot of very good things because they just were like, hang on, this lad is can sidestep and is very quick and we're not used to that. I don't <laughs> like it. Right, I'm rattling through goods quickly now because this has gone on yeah. for an inordinate amount of time. <laughs> really has. So we've got Rose gets into it, says good is we Mike Lowry. Mm. Yes. yes, speaking of tiny sidestepping fools. Ian Alexander says, good is young Robbie's pledge to match the points oh. of a certain London Irish fly off. Scored this season with donations of the Survivors Trust. Yes. Credit where it's due. Everyone can get on that train as well, should they feel like it. Morgan JW gets in touch and says, no, no, no. Yeah, good was Stuart, listener Stuart James mm. turning out for the opposition this weekend so that they can actually play a front row. He was told this halfway through his pint. But then still played <laughs> and then destroyed our scrum, which kind of backfired. But yeah, well, yeah, that's the true story of what rugby's all about right there. Yeah, it is. Dan Shears says, good is both my teams, Leicester Tiger and Luton Town, coming up with match-winning last-minute scores. Best weekend for a long time. <laughs> Oldham Athletic had their game called off, so it was my best weekend for Oldham Athletic. <laughs> Speaking of good sports, Ian McGilp says, good is the Bengals winning a playoff game for the first time since I was two years old. Wow. And I'm delighted Lovely. for them. He said, but shit was Glasgow's final 30 minutes against Exeter. Yes. It's real bad. Jack Hurst, reflecting Robbie's point before, says good is 80 minutes of Santiago Cardero tearing it ter- tearing it up from nine. Potentially yeah, my favourite player. So what was good, was extra good, was seeing it about him doing a full Ashton, running ahead of play to be in the right place for the offload. Mm. Very good. Torvin the Red says, um, a mix of wins and losses between this weekend of European rugby and the prior two actually point out to have been pretty competitive competition. Yeah. That goes against the narrative, doesn't it? I guess so. Edgelord Torvin the Red there with his... uh, (laughs) um, 
Colin McBride finally says, good is Ulster's starting backs on Sunday having an average age of under 23 years old and then playing like that. Mm. Given some yeah. people's, Josh, history of predictions regarding Ulster's backs, I hope it's nobody jinxes it. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Any more goods finally before we fuck off? Uh, before we go, uh, it's a good, it's in some ways shit, I suppose. Um, but uh, I might as well say now uh, that this is going to be my last. This. Oh. <laughs> uh, this, this is going to be my last podcast for uh, a while. Um, not entirely sure how long yet, but for a good few weeks, I'd imagine. Uh, obviously, Lee, you know, and Robbie, you know, and people mm. who know me off the podcast have known for quite a while now. But um, I'm going to be taking some time away from podcasting to be a dad. Uh, mm. My good lady wife is due any day now. Uh, and um, I kind of really hope she hasn't quietly gone into labour while I've been recording, to be brutally honest <laughs> with you. Um, but yeah, from next week. Uh, <laughs> by the end of this podcast, yeah. he's in school. Um, yes, yeah, so for the next, uh, from next week's and for foreseeable future weeks, um, it'll be Lee and some celebrity guests, which most people prefer <laughs> anyway, I imagine. Um, I love you all. I shall miss you all, sort of. Um, but I'll be back. Don't worry. I'll be fueled by the hate hump I'll have filled from <laughs> Wales' dismal Six Nations campaign and ready to really get into it. Oh, wonderful. It feels like a member of the family having a baby. I've been holding this in for weeks, trying not to let it slip out. So I'm so glad you finally said it now. Yeah, congratulations to you and Rachel, Josh. I'm sure you'll be back to tell us all how exactly fucking knackered you are in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Even more happier. Imagine how low energy I am now and then just turn that right down. Yes, I did just say even more happier. And on that note, (laughs) I think that we're going to go. So, yeah, congratulations to Josh. Thank you very much, Robbie, for joining us. It's been wonderful. And we'll speak to you all. Well, myself and other people will speak to you all next week because Josh won't be here. But I will speak to you all in a bit. Ta-da now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.